Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is What's Nerdy in 2022? I am your host, Austin, and with me as always is the amazing Amanda. The wild yet elusive Jekka. Hello. The rambunctious Bob. Just a blizzard. And Burn Brady Bird. Oh. Hey, folks, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to be talking pretty much every single movie and TV thing coming out that is nerdy in 2022. We've got a big long list to go through. But we've also got some cool nerd news we're going to be talking to include the Cobra Kai creatives are talking what's going to be maybe kind of happening in season five. That's going to be pretty interesting. We're also going to be talking about Shazam Fury of the Gods will apparently be a little more adult. And check it out, folks. The classic sci-fi time travel TV series Quantum Leap is getting a reboot. Can you believe it? So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say. Plus 10 nerd XP to you. Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning nerd XP. Nerd XP. But in the meantime, check out what's nerdy with you. Um, So I pretty much spent the weekend watching Arcane League of Legends, which is on Netflix. I highly recommend it. Okay. It's so good. It's Tell very about dark, it. but so good. <laughs> yeah? What's it's, it about? It's kind of like, um, so it's like steampunk-ish kind of thing, where it follows the story of these two girls that live in like kind of the ghettos of a city. So there's like this whole city, and it's divided into two parts, and there's the rich end called Piltover, and then the poor district that's known as the Undercity, and it's these two girls who... One of them is like the ringleader of like a kids gang kind of thing. And they decide to go and steal from the rich district. And one of the things they steal are these magic crystals. Okay. And part so there's the those girls that are trying to avoid law enforcement. And then the guy that was doing research on those magical crystals, like he's trying to figure out how to use them. So it's got this kind of like sci-fi magic fantasy mix to it, but it's really good, and I highly recommend watching it. <laughs> is it uh, is it like an anime? Yeah, so it's an animation, and the animation style is along the lines of um, Into the Spider-Verse. So it's kind Ooh. of like that kind Soul of shaded. animation style. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's like really that. good. And the music's really good, too. So Very cool. All right, Brady, what's nerdy with you, man? Man, it's been a busy weekend. Uh, you know, we had the long weekend, the MLK mm-hmm. uh, uh, weekend. So the scouts and, and the boys, we went down and we stayed. Um, well, we went camping first. We camped down in, in Goliad, uh, Texas. And it got down to right at maybe a degree or two below freezing that first night. So that was pretty brutal. Um at least for us, for, the, for those of us with the Texas blood. And then, uh, then we went down to the USS uh, Lexington down in Corpus Christi Bay, 
hung out there all night on the ship, did all kinds of tours. And, you know, we got to go through and there's this one room they have with like hundreds of scale model airplanes and, you know, down in the belly of the ship. And then we, you know, we spent time down there and it's, it's just really a great experience. But on the way back, I drove separate from the troop so that I could take the boys to, uh, uh, Presidio La Bahia, uh, which is, if you grew up in Texas, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of specific to this region, but you take a lot of Texas history in, in school and, it is hallowed ground second only to like the Alamo uh, in Texas history, the Texas revolution, because it's the site where Colonel Fannin's army was captured. And then they were marched out and massacred right outside of the Presidio. And uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing to see, but more amazing than that was how badly my boys wanted to go. Like it's kind of a, you know, it's a museum and a old fort that's, you know, it's kind of decrepit in places and a chapel that still has active mass every week. Um, So, you know, I really wanted to see it, but I didn't expect the boys to appreciate Mm -hmm. how profound, you know, that ground is in, in context of the Texas revolution. Um, but they were really, they were like, we want to go see that. We want to go see that. So we spent a good hour and some change there just on the grounds. And, and then we went to the memorial for the, uh, where Fannin and uh, some of his troops remains were relocated. Found out in 1930, the, Bo- the Boy Scouts were actually the ones that located the remains mm. um, on a dig and they were relocated to this site. So yeah, it was really cool. We went down there and did that. And, uh, just had a really good time and then played Google feud for a few hours on the way home, which is like family feud with Google. If you get a chance, look it up, just Google, Google feud. It's a blast. It's a fun cool. road trip game. Yeah. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, that's what we, we were working on overnight on a, on an aircraft carrier and then visiting, uh, some hallowed, uh, Texas history ground on the way home. Nice. Well, you might, you, you might've won the weekend. That sounds pretty cool. Well, you know, it's, it's a little over 400 miles each way. And then while we were on the carrier, I walked over 10 miles on that carrier. Mm. And those of you that have been on ships, you know that that's not lateral movement. You know, there's a lot of up and down and those stairs are half ladder, half stairs. And I forgot my walking shoes. So I had my big steel toe work boots on the whole time, lugging those size 15s around. And it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty brutal the whole time. So I walked over 10 miles on that ship in those gnarly boots and then I sat for over 400 miles on the way home today. We just got home like an hour and a half ago. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, my legs don't know whether to die from walking or die from sitting. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Bob, what's new with you, man? It has been in between semesters for me. I've been on and off because I have been exhausted. Mm. From getting ready to move out east, I got a new job out in D.C., and um, I'm looking to, thank you, I'm looking to live out in Harper's Ferry, West Virginia. Much like uh, Brady here, I'm going to be bringing my daughter to see all kinds of historical stuff, only uh, we're not centered just around Texas and that little uh, microcosm of history. We're looking at the East Coast microcosm of history. Um, we're going to be within a day's drive of Gettysburg. Um, the city that we're looking at living in, Harpers Ferry, is uh, the site of 
numerous battles between the Union and the Confederacy. It's going to be amazing. But we're, we've been getting ready to move. In fact, we just uh, had our meeting to put our house up on the market today. Oh, wow. If anybody's interested. Um, uh, just kidding. I won't say where I live. <laughs> but uh, we're, uh, we're super excited for that. And in the, our downtime, I have been... Uh, downloading and watching uh converting and watching all the movies that i purchased but haven't had an opportunity to watch uh including uh ghostbusters afterlife i finally got around to watching that that is Ooh. one amazing tribute to the first two movies mm. yeah i mean absolutely. seriously tears, tears. <laughs> rightfully so Absolutely, and I got on Netflix and I watched myself some uh, Letter to the King, uh, Jekka's uh, suggestion, and that uh, was, go ahead. A different I... kind of tears. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Tears of pain. <laughs> I hey, I liked that. I liked it a lot. I loved it all the way up until the weird way they ended it. You know, I didn't think it was weird. I, I felt like it was a natural progression, albeit not the natural progression I thought was coming, but I thought it was a natural. It was I not guess, the natural progression, but it was a natural progression. I, I guess it, I found it anticlimactic. That was my problem. That was a 2020 Fair. TV show, and that was a 2020 was. podcast episode we did trying to fill in the, bl <laughs> the blanks. But when I looked it up, and apparently it is a foreign novel from uh, Europe, because, you know, anything yes. medieval fantasy is from Europe. And um, I kind of want to get a translation of that and just sit down and read it. Um, You can get it, because I bought it on my Kindle and read it shortly after watching the TV show. So they have it translated into English. It's really good. Like I, Is it really? It's really good. Yeah. Is it better than the show? I... It... I'd say so. I it's, it's liked it be. until the last step, so I did not like the last episode of the show. But the book is still really good. It's just doesn't spoiler alert. It doesn't have that magic aspect to it. Mm. So it's kind of like good. a low key fantasy, not high fantasy. But it's still really good. I really liked I, it. Honestly, I felt like the magic the magic aspect of the whole show was kind of like thrown in there to make it. Uh, contend with other series and it, yeah, like, it if, didn't if you, feel like it was part of the universe. Okay, yeah. If you imagine it like without the magic, that's what the book is. So I really okay. enjoyed the book. Yeah, I really liked it. It was a an amazing take on medieval fantasy that, mm -hmm. like I said, would have done so much better without the magic. Yeah, yeah. You'll so, like the book then because the book was really all right. good. All right, then I'll have to give it a shot. Yeah. Back to you, Austin. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're ready to talk some nerd news, so let's get into it. So am I. Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, Cobra Kai season four just came out, but guess what? The uh, creators and directors are already talking about Cobra Kai season five. That's right, Cobra Kai Season 4 was released on New Year's Eve. The last episode was filled with shocking revelations, plot twists, and a cameo that is set to launch us into an intriguing Season 5 storyline. The co-creators of the series weighed in on that finale cameo. But before we dig in, you should know that Season 4 spoilers lay ahead. This is your spoiler warning. If you don't want Season 4 spoilers, 
jump the podcast ahead a good five minutes. All right? All right, here we go. In a recent interview with Comic Book, Cobra Kai creators John Horowitz, Josh Hild, and Hayden Schlossberg talked about the final scene in which we see Daniel at the grave of Mr. Miyagi lamenting about the trouble he and his dojo have been through. While it seems as though he's talking to his late mentor, it's revealed that he's talking to Chosen, his rival from Karate Kid Part 2 that he made amends with in Season 3. Chosen has apparently come to California to help Daniel take back the valley. Schlossberg explained, quote, When Daniel went to Okinawa in Cobra Kai Season 3, we saw that Chosen had lived his life of shame coming off the events of Karate Kid Part 2, and that Daniel coming to Okinawa gave him an opportunity to redeem himself in his eyes, and he always felt that he showed him a couple of moves, but he's always going to feel that responsibility to help Daniel. And so the fact that at the end of Season 4, things are worse than they've ever been, Cobra Kai is more popular than it's ever been with Terry Silver uh, back in this uh, and in full force and Daniel supposedly having to shut down Miyagi-Do. That's when you think about it from Daniel's perspective. What does he have to come back or what does he have to what what does he have to come back from this? Well, Daniel needs all the help he can get to take down Cobra Kai, especially under his new leadership. Chosen is one of the many people with tenacity that matches that of Terry Silver, making him the perfect companion to Daniel and Johnny. Schlossberg went on to add, quote, He does have somebody else who knows Miyagi-Do Karate that is in our minds, willing to fight for the death for him to prove himself. And we just thought it was the kind of fun resource for Daniel in this time of need. And for the season to end on the possibility of like, oh my word, okay, we're bringing somebody in from Okinawa to the Valley because it's gotten to that point. Well, the possibilities are now endless. Obviously, things could get really heightened because you know that Chosen is the type of guy who, at least in Karate Kid 2, was willing to fight to the death. And we know that Terry Silver is willing to go crazy to crazy lengths to stay in power, especially after what he did to Stingray in Season 4. So it has the makings for a big action-packed season and we just finished shooting it and it is and so we're looking forward to fans checking it out end quote yeah we beat this one up pretty hard last week uh you know our predictions and what we think might be happening going forward um i think the fact that they're so far along in the production of season five is really the key point in this you know this may bode well for us getting a quicker release i I don't know you know and it, it also makes me think, you know, we talk about Chosen and, and you know, I think Miyagi-Do is, I think it's just as much, if not more, uh, belongs to Chosen than it does Daniel, right? Because he's the one who carried it forward in Okinawa and has lived it his whole life and has access to the to the original training. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think just from a, from a structural perspective, having season five so far along um, bodes well. And it makes me wonder if they really thought it was going to get to season five. You know, I know they thought this thing would have legs, but I don't know if they thought that it would get to season five. So I don't know if this was, you know, they say, they said Terry Silver was part of the original plan, um, but was chosen 
it doesn't sound like it, but at the same time, they're really evolving these stories well and drawing them back in. So when he says the possibilities are endless, I truly believe that because they're, they're making good decisions with the storyline, staying true to the character of, of that cinematic piece. Um, and yeah, I, I'm excited to see where it goes next. And uh, it makes me excited that they're that far along with production. So if I can jump in here, um, I uh, I wasn't part of the discussion last week, but what uh, from watching uh, all of Cobra Kai, I can tell you this much. I get the sense that they've made a lot of really good decisions throughout the entire show based off of the original uh, trilogy. A lot of really good decisions. Unfortunately, they've kind of wrote themselves into a corner. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna run out of material, and they're gonna hit one of two different paths. Either they can, uh, either they can uh, write it uh, write it out and say, "Hey, you know what? Show's over. We're good to go. This is like a Battlestar Galactica. We did four seasons. We're happy." Uh, or they, uh, or they can just start creating new stuff. And honestly, I'd rather see the former than the latter. Because they've shown tremendous growth with each of the characters. Yeah. I mean, even Danny. I mean, Danny is showing that, hey, you know, Miyagi is awesome, but maybe I'm kind of a little jerk. I mean, so, at least that's my perspective. So if they were to go in a new direction, maybe they need to up the stakes. Like, obviously, the whole tournament valley tournament uh model kind of works for the series but what if they took that to the next level and like took it to okinawa itself okinawa Ooh. being the birthplace of karate maybe like like there's an okinawan tournament and like these grand okinawan masters say i like where you're going say, make that, say, the, make yeah. that like the finale the finale season is like yes. bringing all these kids to okinawa and 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 what i'm what i'm thinking is maybe like an like they beat they, 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 they get a chance to evaluate Cobra Kai uh, and these Okinawan masters are like, no, you are banished from karate or something like that. And they're not allowed to, uh, you know, practice karate more. Maybe, maybe that's how they ultimately be. I don't know. I don't know. So I don't, know. We'll I don't see them taking that well, but I think that would be a really good part of how they, uh, of how that would play out. I'd be, be interested to see if they go, go that route. Yeah. All right, moving on. Shazam! Fury of the Gods will apparently be more adult. So Shazam! Fury of the Gods will be a bit more grown up with more adult humor and more adult stakes coming out sometime in 2023. And during an interview with IGN, Shazam! producer Peter Safran teased a more grown up kind of comedy in the upcoming superhero sequel. Quote, I love what we've done with it, he said. I like that the kids are a little bit older so that you can lean into a little more adult humor and also just adult stakes and adult issues. That one deals with it at 16 and 17 that you don't deal with at 13 and 14. I love the first movie. I really loved it. And I thought that Sandberg hit the tone just right. It was such a, the eye of the needle was so small to thread. I think the second movie's even better, end quote. So Shazam! Fury of the Gods adds Helen Mirren as the new villain. Hespera? Am I saying that name right? I Hespera. usually know it as Hespera. Hespera. Yeah. As well as Lucy Liu in the role of Calypso. 
this will be arriving shortly after uh, the upcoming Black Adam movie, and it's unsurprising to see the Shazam focus on the maybe characters getting older. Quote, we very much lean into the idea that Asher 17 going on 18, and I think the script for Shazam 2 was absolutely fantastic. Henry Gaiden and Chris Morgan did an extraordinary job. I am really convinced that this movie is even better. So I think it's got everything that the first movie had, but frankly, bigger action, great antagonists, and Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu. I cannot wait for anybody that liked the first movie. I think they are going to go bananas for the sequel. I really do. I love everything about it. So Shazam! Fury of the Gods coming out June 2nd, 2023. What do you think, Bob? I'm super excited. I uh, I am a huge fan of Shazam. I thought the first movie was amazing. I also thought the first Wonder Woman was amazing. But I'm really hoping that they don't do what they did with the first Wonder Woman and fall flat on their face. <laughs> with the second uh, one? Uh, the first one, yeah. the second one. Yeah, yeah, as you were. Yeah. So I am, <laughs> like I said, I am super excited for the whole thing. Um I can say that uh, a little more adult humor would be fine as long as they don't go Deadpool on me. Um, I want to see them including as many people as possible and making the jokes in such a way that they go over the kids' heads, but they're not yeah. so overt that they uh, that you can't bring a kid to the show. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, well, no, because the first one was so like, you know... You could, you know, it was good for all ages. So it'd be nice if they can keep that, you know. I, I think Absolutely. they are going to keep it because of the way that, they, like, the problem with Wonder Woman two is they expanded too many villains, and they just didn't have the capacity to handle that. It's my opinion. I think they tried to do too much. I don't think they're going to do that here. I think they know their their storyline. You know, and I. I mean, that's a, uh, that's a conversation for a different time, but I absolutely agree with you. And that's a problem that DC movies tend to have is the too many villains issue. Mm -hmm. So um, honestly, as long as they keep it to Hespera and as long as they, they set it up for some kind of an interaction with Black Adam, I think they'll do fine. Yeah. And really, if we just confine the DC universe to Shazam, it just makes up for everything, doesn't it? Yeah. I know, no, right? I don't if they make us like class. two and they include Shazam in it, I'll be I'll die well, happy, man. They, yeah, they could me just too. put Shazam like Zachary Levi and Shazam in all the DC movies, and it would just make it all better. <laughs> right? Yeah. It just pops up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Shazam in the Batman. I would, I no, I just, yes, no, yes, no. yes. That would be really funny, actually. Right, we're we're gonna move on, <laughs> man. A deleted scene, please, because, because yes. this conversation is spiling out of control. Uh, it's wonderful, and, and raising raising Spiling my blood pressure a little bit. <laughs> All right, moving on, we've got our first look at Batgirl in the upcoming Batgirl movie. So Leslie Grace has shared an image of herself as Batgirl from the upcoming DC movie that will tell the superhero's origin story. Grace shared the image on Twitter alongside a caption that was pulled straight from Batgirl Year One. 
I use their expectations against them. That will be their weakness, not mine. Let them all underestimate me, end quote. And when their guard is down and their pride is rising, let me kick their butts. So her suit looks to be inspired by Batgirl comics, especially the Batgirl of Burnside's issue by Cameron Stewart. Alongside Grace, this movie will also star Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne slash Batman, J.K. Simmons as Commissioner James Gordon, Brendan Fraser as Garfield Lynn slash Firefly, and Jacob Scipio, is that how you say his name? Scipio? In an apparent unknown role. Uh, Harley Quinn's Birds of Prey, Christina Hodson, wrote the screenplay and previously discussed how Batgirl will explore a time when Barbara Gordon is coming to grips with who she is and who she is destined to become. Quote, what's kind of funny about Barbara Gordon and Batgirl is that in this story, she's discovering Batgirl for the first time. So she's getting to explore a duality she's always had in her personality, but it's this whole new side of her personality, a side that's more daring and slightly less normal side of her that we get to have fun and play with, end quote. Batgirl, set to be released on HBO Max in sometime 2022. All right. What do you think yeah, about this? So, so just looking at the, the outfit, it, it does have that kind of like old comic old school comic look to it with like a very kind of I want it's like not super bright blue but it's a bright dark blue I don't know that doesn't make sense <laughs> like a very yeah. blue I don't know but it has like a little modern look to it because it looks like it's a zip-up jacket you know so that looks really cool but again I'm I'm more excited to see Brendan Fraser as a villain so <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah Sorry, Patrick, but Brendan Fraser's gonna bring me to see that <laughs> Uh, long, I, as long as the suit doesn't follow the Batman and Robin trend, I'm good. I'm willing to see anything with Michael Cat, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman in it. Right? So, oh yeah. This is this Do is totally. Does this uh, tie this into the multiverse portion of the Flash? <laughs> oh, it's got to. It's got it's to because uh, Michael Keaton. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, that's right. He's going to be in that. Perfect too. Batman. Oh Perfect yeah. Perfect Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. So good. All right, moving on. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 will be a big movie compared to the first. I don't know if that's a good thing. (laughs) The original Sonic the Hedgehog ended up being a surprise hit for video game fans as it managed to capture the humor and excitement of the video game series. Though the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog 2 sounds as though it will be taking the franchise to all new heights, thanks in large part to the addition of Idris Elba as Knuckles. Idris Elba as Knuckles. Ben Schwartz, who voices Sonic, recently shared his excitement for the upcoming project. And while he might have avoided confirming any details about cameos from other beloved characters audience could expect, he noted how much bigger the upcoming film feels. Quote, oh, you want me to absolutely destroy everything that's happening in this movie for the sequel that's coming out in three months? The thing that everybody's been making me not talk about for two years, you want me to destroy? Well, this is what I'll say. We've got Colleen O. Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy, who was from the video game and played Tails. She plays Tails, uh, Idris Alba, Knuckles. They're both awesome in it, and they look awesome. Jim Carrey is incredible in it. Incredible guest stars. 
uh, Natasha Rothwell, who's a powerhouse of a comedian, Adam uh, Pally, who worked with the uh, uh, After Party co-star Sam Richardson, who's worked with me before, is in it and incredibly funny in it. And I can't tell you anything, but I will say I've watched it many times and we've done a billion records. It is huge. It is epic. In terms of size compared to the first one, this is a movie. This is a film. This is a movie film. End quote. So Sonic the Hedgehog 2 coming out April 8th. Why am I getting flashbacks in my mind of everything that they were saying about um, Wonder Woman 2 going through my head as like they're trying to like be like, it's bigger, it's bolder, we've got more going on, we're being ambitious. I'm worried. What, I what can we, tell. What really worked about the first Sonic film was that it was clear and concise. There wasn't a lot of things going on. You could follow the story and it was great for kids. But when they keep trying like, oh, we're going to make this bigger, this kids are going to lose interest. Like the whole part of the fun for me was watching it with my kids and my kids enjoying it. I got to say the, um, honestly, the, there's really only so much plot you can pull out of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's like reading the Everybody Poops book. There's really not a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's got Jim Carrey in it, and Jim Carrey did such a great job in the first one. He made the he made the movie so much fun. I I'm okay with seeing more uh, you know classic '90s Jim Carrey. So. If anybody's going to carry this film, it's going to be Jim Carrey, like he carried the first one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Jim Carrey did amazing in uh, Ace Ventura. One. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, uh, oh, oh, that that stings right there. Uh, <laughs> a little bit? A little thing? Well, All little right. thing. <laughs> I, uh, I'm keeping my, my hopes up to having a fun, enjoyable movie. I think that's what I need to do. That's what I did with the first one. I tried to keep my expectations low. I mean, it's a video game movie. It's a kid's family movie. I just want to have fun in it, and it just happened to be pretty fun. And so... I think my expectations are already too so, high for Sonic Hedgehog <laughs> 2. So I, I'm, try, I'm trying to lower them. This no, is me talking I, to I you, convincing admit, myself like, to lower them. It felt like Jim Carrey had a better handle on his manic persona as Dr. Robotnik. Because he was able to do all of the crazy like Ace Ventura things without becoming Ace Ventura. Does that make sense? He's sure, able yeah. to make it appropriate for a child on an audience yeah, yeah, of children. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah. we'll see if he can carry the second one as well. All right, moving on. Check this out. This took me by surprise. The classic sci-fi time travel TV series Quantum Leap is getting a reboot. It looks as though Quantum Leap will be leaping back onto our screens in a new reboot, according to The Hollywood Reporter. The upcoming reboot of the classic sci-fi series Quantum Leap has been greenlit for a pilot episode by NBC. It's been 30 years since Dr. Sam Beckett, Scott Bakula's character, stepped into the Quantum Leap accelerator and vanished, the official synopsis says. Now, a new team has been assembled to restart the project in hopes of understanding the mysteries behind the machine and the man who created it. So the description indicates that a whole new team will be firing up the Quantum Leap 
project, but Scott Bakula, maybe he could return. There's been no official announcement regarding Bakula's involvement, but the 67-year-old actor has previously revealed that maybe some talks were under, underway. Bakula said, quote, there are very significant conversations about it right now going on. I don't know what it would be. I don't know who would have it. The rights were a mess for years. I don't know if they've been even sorted out now. That's always been the biggest complication, end quote. Woo. All right, Bob. All right, I got to ask you guys before I start. <laughs> each one of you explain this show badly. Badly? Uh, man gets the opportunity to be a stalker throughout time. Okay, Brady. <laughs> uh, give me a minute. I, I love the prep time you provided for this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm at a loss. Just say what you said earlier, Amanda. Well, so I'm waiting for Bob to explain it because, like, I only remember half of it because, like, I don't, I don't know this show. I never watched. This is why we save it for the podcast. (laughs) Man goes back in time, jumps into other people's bodies to make out with people and solve other people's problems. So, man goes back in time to sexually assault people without their consent (laughs) and supposedly solve their problems. Uh, Sounds like mansplaining if I ever heard it. I loved this TV show as a kid growing up. I mean, it's been forever since I've seen it, though. Yeah. You know what? I I love the show. I thought the, the premise was absolutely absurd, obviously. Oh, yeah. But like most 80s shows, the premise is absurd. Yeah, pretty the much. Fact is, the fact is, it's Scott Bakula. And Scott Bakula is... I don't care what the guy's like in real life. I mean, on any show he's on, he's just the nicest person in the world. Yeah, I even like awesome. him on Star Trek Enterprise. So I, if he's involved, I'll give it a shot. That's my take on it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm I've up for never it. seen the TV show, so I know nothing about yeah. it. You've never seen Quantum Leap? I've never seen okay. it, no. I've, Get yeah. off the podcast, go download an episode and uh, watch it now. <laughs> so here's here's what the, the real TV show is about. And, and this is why it was kind of fun to watch is because every single episode was something completely different. Yeah, it's like this guy who has this like, He's like time traveling, basically. But but what's unique about it is that he uh, he gets put into the 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 role of somebody else from that time, and and everybody else sees sees him as that person who's supposed to be there in that time, but but he is in fact that person, and so so he has to basically go around and try to you know fix some problem so that way he can leap again. And uh, and so he's just like leaping and leaping and trying to uh, basically get back, or whatever. So yeah, and and one of the, the things leaping that, home. One of the things that gets a little bit overlooked with that show is that you know, it, you have to put it in context. It's it's kind of done in a campy way because of you know because of the era of television it is, but the effort they put into a lot of um, social issues. So, you know, he was once he was I remember he was transferred back into the um, body of someone who had Down syndrome. Right. And he had to navigate the world and, you know, and that and, you know, he would go back into the body of uh, like a black man in the civil rights era, you know, that kind of thing. So there were really heavy topics that oh, they yeah. that they that they attacked with that show. And they did it in, in a good way, especially for the era. Um 
I'm interested to see how this new incarnation works out. Yeah, I, I really am. And I'm really hoping to play off what you're saying. I'm really hoping that they continue that trend because that, as much as I make fun of the show, that really is the value that that show brought was the fact that he was able to show through the lens of all kinds of people what the world was like. And that was really what made that show shine. I heard a poignant bit of a, uh, a poignant perspective the other day where it said, you know, this is something separate. It's related to politics, but someone said, and it stuck with me that um, it is our patriotic duty to, um, to see the humanity in those with whom we disagree. And this show, um, you know, a show like that really can facilitate that type of perspective. Um, the challenge they're going to face is the device of politics in, 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 <laughs> in our, you know, in our society today. And, you know, if they, if they, if they portray one side, then they're going to be, you know, totally written off by a segment of the audience and vice versa. So, it's it's going to be interesting to see if they if they attempt to to dip their toes in those waters, but also how they do it, um, because yeah. they have to be very. If they are going to, they either have to go full force and say, "Okay, we're going to do it this way, and we don't care what that fifty percent of our audience thinks," or they're going to have to do it in a way which can be um, stomached uh, by by those that um, may not agree. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Absolutely. Should be pretty fun. All right, let's hit up our main event. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? (laughs) Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it is time for our main event. Did we just lose the music? <laughs> I think so. Oh, well. <laughs> I thought our recording stopped like it sometimes does. <laughs> no, we're good. All right. Our main event. What's nerdy with you? Or what's nerdy? What's nerdy with you? <laughs> Hi, my gonna... name's Austin Fox. People call me Austin Fox. I'm going to blame it on my mom because my mom sent me a text and it and it threw the uh, recording <laughs> off. It threw That's off it the did. groove. <laughs> No, no, no. It, yes, it threw off his well, groove. Well, it threw off my groove, yes. But it but, threw off the main event intro. Anyways, we're going to be talking <laughs> what's nerdy movie and TV-wise in 2022. But I want to give first a special shout-out to all those super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out and tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button. If you've not done so already, come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. All right, so check this out. There's a lot coming out in 2022. A lot of cool, fun, nerdy things. So I'm going to run through the list, and then we're going to start talking about various things. All right, so we had uh, the second season of Superman and Lois. We had uh, Peacemaker Mm -hmm. uh, just just came out. Brady, you said you've you've watched a couple episodes already, right? I have. If you have, certainly not something you're gonna watch want to want to watch with children or family members yeah. or anyone <laughs> with whom you want to have respect. You know that you want 
to respect you, but yes, I have. And it's good. I will say this. It's worth watching just for the opening sequence. <laughs> because that oh is Oh my great. goodness. It was fabulous. It's, it's scary and beautiful at the same time. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah. Peacemaker, man. So far I'm lo- I've only watched the first two, uh, the first three have dropped. I've watched the first two. Um, I watched the second one in a freezing tent the other night, by the way, um, <laughs> when everybody else was already asleep. Um, yeah, it's it's good. Uh, I, I can't wait to see where this one goes. They're staying really true to the character. It's entertaining. You know, it is what it is, but it's uh, I'm not invested in the uh, DCEU, but this one's uh, definitely uh, worth the watch if you're into that dark humor uh, stuff. Yeah, it's very cool. All right. So. Moving on from there, on January 28th, this is a pretty interesting one. The Legend of Vox Machina. So this is actually, uh, if you've ever listened to Critical Role or watched Critical Role D&D fans, this is basically taking a D&D adventure and they're turning it into a Netflix TV series. So so this is that's like, I don't even know how many conversations I've had throughout the years with with my players saying like, Oh man, this would be such a good TV show. You know, if if we turn this into a book, well, this is one of those things. Uh, Moving on. uh, We got the uncharted uh, movie coming out February 18th. The, the walking dead final season is coming out on February 20th. That's kind of crazy to think about. It's like, show that. (laughs) What was that? This is a dawn of time. I feel like, is this like what the, season 13 or something like that this is like season 11.5.2 whatever all right that's about seven seasons too long well it's 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 like the zombies themselves it it doesn't die it keeps going you know i don't know i i enjoyed the walking dead for a while but it kind of i don't know there was so much to watch and and i don't know all the zombies would have been decomposed by now i mean come on Mm yeah yeah probably Probably, probably. All right. After that, coming in March 4th is The Batman. That will look Ooh, pretty cool. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then check it out. April 1st is Morbius. Now, Morbius has been pushed back so many times. In yeah, fact, was, wasn't it supposed to come out like January? Yes, it was. Yeah, it got but they got it out of January because there's too many bad movies in January. But, but you'll notice. Of all the days in April, they decided to pick April Fools. So that way, maybe if they changed it at last minute, no one, no one would be surprised. Like, just kidding. Psych. <laughs> all right. Uh, oh, go ahead. You know, honestly, I think they're just pushing it back until Sony folds and uh, gives back all the Spider-Man properties. Uh, no, I don't think that's going to happen. They don't want to release it. They want uh, Disney to release it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's happening. You don't think so? Uh-uh. No. All right. There's so, lots, there's been lots of talk about Kumbaya between Sony and MCU going on lately. And uh, I mean, that they're raking in. I'd stay with that part of yeah, the show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh this is the most money Sony's ever or ever made from uh Spider-Man No Way Home. So, that's the biggest grossing film ever. They better not be messing with the uh, MCU. Anyways, moving on, uh, April 8th, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 comes out. We talked about that. And then the movie 
I might say is arguably the MCU movie of 2022. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness coming out May 6th. That's going to be huge. Nice. And then for fun, Top Gun Maverick comes out May 27th. I don't know why, but I really want to watch that. Hopefully. I got a funny uh, Top Gun thing. Uh, one of the, the, the F-14 that was on the deck of the ship I was on this weekend is the F-14 that, that uh, buzzed the tower in the movie. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's the same one. Did you uh, get a picture next to it? I got a picture of it. Uh, uh, I didn't get a picture next to it, but the uh, and I got a picture of the tail number on it. Um, when was but, last? When was the last time that thing flew? Oh, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's an A. So it's a F fourteen A. So it was probably already a trainer or something like that oh, wow. when they made the movie. But yeah, Top Gun. I'm excited about that. Oddly excited because I'm not a huge fan of the first movie. I was when I was a teenage kid. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, right? we all you know. Were. And, but yeah, I'm excited about Top Gun two coming out. It's uh, you know, it's gonna be. I, I expect it to be what we expect it to be, right? <laughs> but oh, yeah. um, but yeah, I'm excited about that one coming up. So moving on in June, The Boys season three comes out June third. I don't know if I should be excited or worried with The Boys. I mean, I I mean we we've watched we, we've been watching the boys, but I've been hearing rumors that there's going to be some like super crazy uh, storyline in season three that's going to like take it way over the top, and I'm wondering if it's going to be too too over the top for me. But uh, the the boys, the first couple of seasons, I mean, it's it was it was uh, surprisingly enjoyable, especially that first episode. Woo! Sheesh, almighty, that thing was crazy. Mm-hmm. Then moving on, June 10th, Jurassic World Dominion. That will be awesome. Lightyear comes out the same month, June 17th. Then we get into Thor Love and Thunder on July 8th. All right, let me ask you this. Is this the last time we're going to see Thor? Ooh, I don't right? think so. Well, isn't he supposed Isn't there like a third Guardians of the Galaxy movie and he's supposed to be in that? Uh, yeah, maybe you're right. We talked about like ages ago, but I remember something about that. Well, I'm just worried because I mean, we we know that um, Natalie Portman's Jane Foster is basically coming in to uh, you know, take over as Thor, but but will that get rid of Chris Helmsworth? That's that's what I'm really wondering. Well, and and like, especially with how Marvel's like pushing out the original avengers like they're trying to push them out and get a new batch in you know like make their movies cheaper yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh yeah maybe you know because i hope not like i remember on the podcast we read something about chris helmsworth saying that he wants to do thor movies basically forever yeah but he's but he's not sure if the mcu is as um excited about that possibility yeah, and I think it's because like they're trying to do this new Avengers phase, you know, and so like they're they're pushing out all the old ones because like Hawkeye, although we didn't get an official send off of him, like Hawkeye is definitely leading up to that, you know. You know, going back to uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, I've had this thought for a while. I don't think I've ever mentioned it, or at least I don't remember mentioning it on the podcast. Do you think there is any possibility that? 
because of whatever happens in the multiverse, whether it happens in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness or something else multiverse-related coming up in the MCU, will we get a complete replacement of all the all of the main characters, but with new actors, like a new Iron Man, a new Captain America, a new Hulk, but with different actors, so that way maybe they can do these movies cheaper? I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's a matter of them doing them cheaper. I think it's a matter of the actors um, getting older and either getting older or um, or wanting to do other things. Wanting, I know Tom yeah, Holland wanting to, to do get things. out of that pigeonhole. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. I suppose. Yeah, that would be a better description of it. Well, yeah, I don't know how I feel about all that. I don't know. Something to wrestle around with, I guess. Uh, coming up in j- July as well is Fantastic Beasts, The Secrets of Dumbledore coming out on July 15th. Uh, I hope I hope these movies get better. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that they, they manage to fix what the second one did. Because <laughs> that one was... All over the place. Mm, uh, and Harry I Potter liked has the first one. Parts, but even that was like, okay, that was weird. <laughs> so, so fun story. Fix it. I've only seen the second one. I never saw the first. So oh, I'm like, it's kind of first meh. One was so good. First one was so good. So oh, good. Yeah. And the second one was just like, what? <laughs> Maybe we need to watch that for Family Movie Night. As someone yeah. who likes animals, <laughs> I is. liked the first one because it focused on the beast. Like you were learning about all these different animals and they had this underlying plotline going. The second one focused more on that like Wizarding mm-hmm. World plotline. And I'm like, no, you need to balance it out. Like the first one did. The first one did such a good job of doing that. So... <laughs> I mean, the trailer for the third one seems like they're turning it back more along the lines of the first one. I'm like, yes, please, let's do that. But yeah, first, Amanda, you really should watch the first one. It's so good. So good. It's really good. Then on July 29th, Black Adam comes out. Uh, I hope they do this movie well. It would it'd be great to have a uh, villain slash anti-hero in the DCEU that is actually uh, worth watching. The main villain to Shazam. Uh, Then we've got, check this out, September. The unnamed Lord of the Rings TV series coming out September 2nd. not Lord of the Rings. Was that? The Lord of the Rings that's not Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yes, it's the Lord of the Rings that's not. Middle Earth, like Middle Earth or something like that. (laughs) Maybe we should just start calling it not Lord of the Rings TV series. Second Age Middle Earth. Yeah, there you go. I don't know how excited we should be about this after what Amazon did to Wheel of Time. Well, they... uh, Honestly, I feel like they have nowhere to go but up if they're pulling all their stuff. Oh, gosh. (laughs) (laughs) They're pulling it from the silver. I'm the most positive when it comes to that, and they totally botched it. Oh, completely. Well, they've got the Cimmerillion to pull information from, but there's not a lot of, like... They had 14 books for Wheel of Time to pull stuff from. And they still felt the need to go ahead and make, make crap. <laughs> but that that's my point, though. That's my point, is that the Wheel of Time had 15 books. This is pulling out stuff, just bits and pieces out of the Cimmerillion. So they have to have more creative freedom they, to make things up. 
that's why I'm like, they'll, they'll have nowhere to go from up because yeah. they just got the Silmarillion. I think, I mean, I never read them, but I think there might be something in like the uh, Lost Stories, Lost Tales. I never read them. I can't remember. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. There, uh, I, I, so I remember there's a story about uh, a bunch of Balrogs like attacking a kingdom or something like that. Yeah. And that would be freaking sweet to see. Because you have the Silmarillion, and then there were like a couple other, oh, it's like the Lost Stories or the Untold Stories, something like that. I never read them, but I know there's like part one and part two yes. that has like more stories in it. And then you have like the Children of Hurin, though I think that one's not Second Age. I don't think that one's Second Age. Uh, Maybe when that one takes place. Well, there's a there's a chance that... Uh, but we'll see the the big baddie. I'm having a brain fart. Not not Sauron. Oh, uh, uh, or, no, Sauron. Sauron. We'll, well, we'll Sauron s- will appear, but it's going to focus yes. on his master. Well, yes, he will. Now, uh, but but there's a chance we could see Sauron because at this time period, he uh, he's actually in uh, elven form, and he uh, he gets uh, like the kingdoms of the elves to kind of like really side with him or something like that. I, I, I don't know i don't know it too much i just know that he's uh he's playing around in this time series or time period that'd be pretty fun to watch uh but moving on in october we will have spider-man across the spider-verse part one on october 7th so that'll be fun yay and then november the DC EU film of the year, The Flash, that's going to be bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman. That is going to be one epic, you know. Like I'm trying to picture myself. Like it's 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 something I never even thought possible to see Michael Keaton back as Batman, and yet it's coming. It's around the corner, and my brain has de- is definitely not. Um, uh, uh, it's not felt the reality yet. <laughs> Were you say something, Brady? Well, you know, I I think that you know we talk about Keaton coming back as Batman in the Flash. He's also coming back as Batman in where at Batgirl was yeah, that yeah, it? Batgirl. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bunch of stuff. So. Yeah, I think it's really great to see him coming back as that. And and like you, I, I don't think any of us were could have foreseen this happening. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how he plays it out, right? Um, is it gonna be Batman the uh, the vigilante, or is it gonna be Batman? I'm older now, and now I'm gonna mentor you. You know that kind of thing. So like it's, Batman it's, Beyond Batman. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think I think we're gonna see Batman Beyond Batman. You know what would be pretty interesting? Because because we know that this is going to be uh, Batflex's Ben Affleck's last time as Batman. And so that basically leaves Michael Keaton's Batman there. Now, check this out. Check this out. If they're introducing their own DCEU multiverse, which they're obviously doing, maybe... (sighs) Gotta calm down for a second. Calm down. Maybe... We'll have Michael Keaton training another universe's Batman to be a better Batman. He's just like just like in the uh, you know Batman Beyond, but like a modern day Batman. He's tr- Batman is training Batman. Batman, 
Michael Keaton, Batman, and Bruce Wayne is training some <laughs> other dude. That's Michael. That's that's Bruce Wayne, Batman. Okay. Anyways, that would be freaking sweet. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> November eleventh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. I gotta admit, uh, I, I I'm not looking forward to this one because I. This out of all of the MCU films, this is probably the riskiest, and I and it has the best chance of being a dud because of uh, Chadwick Boseman passing away. You see, I disagree. See, if, me too. Uh, I would disagree. Had, if they had an opportunity to uh, to really flesh out uh, Chadwick Boseman as. Uh, as the Black Panther, like more than a couple of movies, and like really solidify him, like they did with uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. I could see what you're saying, but what they actually have is an opportunity to really sink into the fact that the uh, the Black Panther is a mantle. It's not an individual. It's not like Iron Man is an individual. It's not like Thor is an individual. Whereas in, in the comic books, technically they are mantles. However, uh, I think his sister um, will be able to really pull that, uh, pick that up. Well, we're just really assuming. We're assuming that, though. We are I assuming that. but. I think she could, and it would be a good way for Marvel to really, really lean into that demographic. Because as you can, have you as you have seen in the MCU Phase Four, they've already started to lean into some of the um, some of the minorities. They let they've leaned into the deaf culture. They've leaned into uh, femininity. They've leaned into LGBTQ. Um, this would be an opportunity then for them to lean into the fact that, or lean into uh, so, females as as tr in traditionally male roles, like so, they're already doing with Love and Thunder. So they could just really, really punch that forward with the next Black Panther. Jacob, you were going to say something too. You're 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 not worried about this, or no? Because in all honesty, when I first when I saw Black Panther, and even when I rewatched it again, like. The sister is my favorite character. Like oh, she's yeah. the best part oh, in Black yeah. Panther. Anytime yeah. she crops up in any of the Marvel movies, I'm like, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I think like, yeah, it, it's going to be sad not to have Chad, Chadwick Bosman, But I think like, I like the idea of them still doing that because that's like not only a great way to like kind of honor him, but also like give that actress and that character, Shuri, like a chance to really step forward. You know, like I, I, I look forward to it. Like, even though she kind of acts like Q in a way, like, I want to see her, like, be like, Q, okay, now I'm going to do Bond stuff. Like, I think more so Absolutely. than she can do it. And if anything, this this phase of the MCU has been pa all about passing the mantle down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, with Hawkeye, with... Um, now with the Black Panther kind of forced, but it is. And with um, Spider-Man and Iron Man, it's always been about, this whole thing has been about releasing the previous three phases worth of uh, baggage yeah. and moving forward. Well, in Love and Thunder, we talked about that same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but 
why does this have to be the flavor of the month for MCU? Like, why why does this have to be the same storyline over and over and over and over? Like, passing the Don't mantle, passing the mantle, passing the mantle. Well, I I I am I am worried about this film. Uh, out of all the MCU films, minus Morbius, because that that that's not an MCU, but film. that's not really an MCU <laughs> film. But I, look, I I'm I'm more than willing to be you know wrong i would love to i would love to love this movie that's actually what i would want but where i'm at right now is i am worried about it so we'll have to wait and see uh moving on coming up in december december 16th aquaman and the lost kingdom this should be pretty fun the first the first aquaman film uh it's amazing yeah and the i mean let's be honest the jokes about Aquaman and fish started to decline <laughs> after that. I mean, what an uphill battle <laughs> going into the going into Jason the- Moma seriously took Aquaman from a joke and made him into something serious. And at the same time, he didn't take it serious at all. Yeah, I I gotta say that Aquaman was a serious surprise. It was. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. And uh, the whole end battle scene with everything was just freaking sweet. I I really look forward to the next one. And I hope that uh, Ocean Master, because we know he'll be in it, I hope there's going to be like this giant army on army like battle in, in, under the sea. Or I think it'd be sweet. It'd be a lot of fun to watch. Moving on, uh, also coming up in December, December 16th, Avatar 2. Dancing with Smurfs 2. If there's any movie (laughs) to be worried about on this list, that one's it. Uh, James Cameron's not worried. He's making like four of them right now. Yeah. Um, James Cameron gets paid either way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, but I don't know. I, uh, I'll say this, okay? So James Cameron, he likes to go to the bottom of the ocean, the Mariana Trench and all that stuff in real life. He does like documentaries. I got to be honest. He's probably doing that uh, and getting justification for it for these films. And so so I, I suspect visually, just like the first one, it will be pretty awesome to watch. That being said, I just have no interest in the story <laughs> or the characters. <laughs> It's true. I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll watch the Matrix, uh, Matrix Four. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I'll watch it. It doesn't mean it's going to be a great movie. Um, It'll be pretty. I'll, and I made this argument before when when you pick up a series long after it's concluded, simply for the cash grab, it's inevitably going to fail. However, if you have a solid story behind it, a solid continuation um, that isn't simply um, let's try and pick up the uh, pick up whatever random thread we can find and run with it, then you have a chance. But the thing is that is so rare to see that in an unplanned series. It's well, so rare to see that succeed. Have you ever seen it with an unplanned movie that they then can, like, well, I shouldn't say an unplanned movie, a 
badly, a, a, a movie with a bad storyline. It was successful, but have you ever seen them carry it on? Well, and I, be successful doing that. I wonder, this is just where my thoughts went to. I wonder if the Back to the Future movies were really planned out as a trilogy. Or if the first one was just so successful, they decided to move on from there. Because yeah. I, because because they, I've got a feeling that the end scene when Doc, you know, picks him up and they fly off. I, I want, I wonder, what? Well, no, no, because at the end of Back to the Future, it says to be continued, doesn't yeah. it? At the end of the first one. So maybe they did plan it as a trilogy, but but that seems really odd because back in the eighties they didn't really plan anything as a full trilogy. It was just like, oh, this is good, let's keep moving. And then they made a trilogy afterwards. Um, well, it, I don't know. it does. Uh, Avatar one didn't really have a super solid story that you cared about the characters or anything. And it seemed to have a pretty conclusive ending to it. Like it did. It, rap, it felt like it was done. done. Tied off. We're good. Um, yeah. Now, Austin, answer your story. It looks like Back to the Future was not actually planned, and that's one of the exceptions hmm. to the rule that I was talking about. I mean, it's very rare that you see a uh, you see a sequel to an unplanned sequel that is as good as the original or really expands on the universe of the original. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I'm worried about with something like Avatar mm -hmm. being such a big movie. The expectations are so high that people are going to, they're inevitably going to be disappointed in like, Honestly, like with Independence Day Resurgence, people expected yeah. that to be an amazing movie. If you really go back and rewatch that original movie, was it really that good? <laughs> <laughs> so the best thing about Avatar 2 has so far been this sequel or has been this talk because it's made me realize that maybe we should do like a Back to the Future 1, 2, 3 rewind. That'd be kind of Ooh, fun. Nice. I'd All love right. to do that. I'm Moving on. December 21st, an untitled, the untitled Mario movie. Obviously, wanting speaking to... of movies that we're worried about, <laughs> well, let's be honest. We would have put we we would have put Sonic in that same title or in that same category. But Chris Pratt's going to be Mario here. This this could maybe be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I, as you keep describing it, I'm like, this does not make me less worried. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll move on. All right. So the following has been confirmed for 2022, but we don't know exactly when it will be released. No release date has been announced. So first up is Andor, the Star Wars Andor TV series coming Woo! to Disney+. Plus. Yeah. This should be interesting. Um, I remember when this got announced, a lot of people kind of scratched their head going, okay, all right. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm for it, but it's, I, I just wasn't expecting it. Um, I think out of all of the Star Wars TV shows uh, that have come out or have been announced, this is the one that's probably has the uh, the lowest expectations of fans. I'd agree. Um, you know, what made Mando so great as a space Western, because it really was a space Western, more so than any of the Star Wars films, was the fact that it really followed that Western flavor of filmmaking. You didn't really expect too much from it. And even the CGI was just, it was there to serve the plot. Yeah. Um, the book of Boba Fett is trying to play off of that. And I'm just not getting the same vibe. 
I, I really love Book of Boba Fett. I'm just putting. I'm just laying that. Out. I get it. I get it. I mean, it's okay, but I'm just really not getting the same vibe. And I think if Andor tries to play off of that with the same, the same visuals and the same tone and the same well, uh, they're, the, they're trying to go for more of a, a spy like a thriller Bond kind of thing. Yeah. Right? If they go, go like- for a Bond, if they go for a Bond style filmmaking, that's great. If they, that's that's something new. The name's Andor. They, Cassian Andor. <laughs> exactly. But if they try and do the same thing that they're doing with uh, the Book of Boba Fett and Mando, they're they're going to fall flat on their face. Yeah. Well, I'm really hoping we'll get K2SO in it because Alan Ooh. Tudyk is amazing. Yes. Well, I think we are. And so I'm I'm super excited for. Um, and or coming out like well, this has been one that I've been really waiting to see because I'm really excited for it. Going going off what I originally said before we move on, uh, I think fans have the lowest expectations for this, and I think that will work in its favor, and I, and I think it will be uh, surprisingly good. Yeah, the, the difference is, is I have high expectations uh, for it. <laughs> all right, moving on. So we already talked about Batgirl coming out, so we know that's coming out, but we don't know an exact date. Uh, and then we also have. The Halo TV series coming out to Paramount Plus. This should be interesting. I hope I hope it's done pretty well. Yeah, Pablo Schreiber's going to do a great job. Yeah, absolutely. I don't care anything about Halo, but <laughs> I love everything he's in. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fully expecting to uh, watch Halo, and uh, again, I think low expectations will work in its favor. And I have a feeling that we'll probably maybe talk about it on a future podcast. Uh, moving on. Uh, the first game of Thrones spinoff house of dragon is coming out. And then moon Knight with, uh, Oscar Isaac playing moon Knight should be pretty cool. I, I am really excited for that. The, uh, the first trailer is supposed to be coming out. Uh, and I, and from what I've heard, they're timing it for a full moon when they know there's going to be a full moon. Well, that's kind of cool, cool, smart marketing. Uh, we then have Miss Marvel coming out uh, on Disney+. And that's supposed to lead right into The Marvels, the sequel to yeah. uh, Captain Marvel. Very interesting. Yep. And then Obi-Wan Kenobi. Out of all of the uh, Star Wars things coming out, this is going to be the number one. We're going to yes. get Ewan McGregor. We're getting Hayden Christensen, Darth Vader, or Anakin Skywalker. We're assuming flashbacks. Uh, yeah, big time awesomeness. Did, did you call him Hayden Christensen? <laughs> Hayden. Hayden Christensen. I mean, I mean, they both play play well. I just didn't know. Enough time has passed that the fan base has come to appreciate Hayden. No, they haven't. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. I think enough time has passed to where it's going to be a new fan base. No, honestly, even Hayden watches the movie since like I died. I don't know what I was thinking. No, if anything, I think the fan base feels sorry for Hayden for beating up on him so much because he kind of episode two kind of came out at the beginning of the internet, and so what did people do with brand new technology? They just you know flame, they flame and troll like crazy, and so so I think people seem to realize that they've like really uh, you know hurt Hayden, 
and I think they want him back, and we are getting him back, and I think he's going to do awesome. This is going to be a spectacular TV series. <laughs> Unlike Andor, fans have the highest expectations yeah, for this yeah, okay. show. Wait, this you're TV talking series. about because, the fans. That means you. I got it. Okay. The worst, because the worst Austin, thing that of- is really what the internet is known for in the 2020s, <laughs> coming around and being nice to people. The, <laughs> the worst thing about this Hayden Christensen hate that was given out is that by all accounts, he's like a super nice, genuine guy. Yeah. And you know it just makes it that much worse. I hope he does well. I've got I've got high expectations for it, and I think he will. Yeah, um, absolutely. But I, I just thought you had a little slip there when you said his name. That's all. No, no, no. All right, moving on. Confirmed for 2022, but we don't know when. Is She Hulk? Mark Ruffalo will be in this. This should be interesting. I uh, here's another no. pass off. Oh, uh, is it? <sighs> I don't think it will be. I don't think it will be. The Hulk is immortal. Can they? Well, so is Thor. Yeah, he may like disappear, and then he's like, "Okay, you get to deal with all the crap. I'm just gonna go hide over here." Yeah, but he does have a bum arm now. Is <laughs> is this seriously gonna be another pass off? I didn't yes. even think about that. Yeah. Why is everything a pass off? Come on, that's what they're doing. Contracts no, are ending. I I know that, but but it it makes. Story-wise, it's so stupid to have it all happen at once. Be like, all right, next episode, you're changing. Actually, I disagree. No, Think about it, it, Austin. They just had a universe-affecting battle. You got a lot of people that are like... I'm retiring. That plays well to audio. I have literally saved the universe. There's really nothing else I can do here, man. You You got a lot of people that are like that. Can't top that. You know... Tatiana Maslany is a pretty phenomenal actress. Um, if this is a handoff, you know, it's just, you know, character arcs are just like everything else in life, Austin. It's just, it's just the circle of life. It's, it's <laughs> birth, death, birth, death, you know. So we're just, we're just starting a new cycle of life here. I don't mind the handoffs. What, what, I'm, what I mind is that they're all happening at the exact same time. That's what I find annoying. All right, moving on. Austin, Austin do you have a problem with change? Moving yes. on. Yes, he does. Do I have a problem with change? Maybe I do. I don't yes, know. Anyways. Yes, you do. <laughs> Moving on. Star Trek Strange New Worlds. I'm actually looking forward to this. We're going to get like a genuine, authentic Gene Roddenberry Star Trek TV series coming out. Uh, back it. on the USS Enterprise before Captain Kirk, we're going to mm-hmm. have Captain Christopher Pike. I think I might actually watch this uh, with devotion. You know what? The Christopher Pike that we saw on uh, Discovery, perfect. Exactly what I thought it should have been. He was so So good. So good. So good. Is that Anson Mount? I think so. Mm. Okay. Okay. Yes, Anson Mount. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I've never watched any of the Discovery. I I watched the first part of the first season, but Anson Mount's always been good and everything I've seen him in, so. And he's actually really funny to follow on social media, too. Oh, really? Good to know. All right, moving on. Stranger Things 4 finally coming out. Any any expectations for this? That it'll eventually come the hell out? (laughs) I want to see it. It'll show up in Russia? It'll show up in Russia, yes. Before it shows up in the United States. (laughs) (laughs) Well... you know, let's be honest, the uh, creators have been really hyping this up, saying that the uh, 
pandemic worked in their favor to really work on the plot and to really take the uh, expectations to the next level. And they've been doing that with all the press they've been giving it. Um, so hopefully it lives up to that. I, I am looking forward to it. Stranger Things was kind of one of those things that the internet just went crazy for. And then I jumped on the bandwagon and I found that I enjoyed it. So. You know, and here's, here's something I love to say about Stranger Things. And um, this really exemplifies the way uh, television is moving in America. Television is moving away from the traditional uh, fall through spring model. Okay, yeah. with the with the break at winter, they they have moved away from that, and not only that, they've moved away from the sequential year by year seasons. You're starting to see even network television shows following a a twelve thirteen episode arc, uh, followed by uh, a one to two year break. Look at Picard; we've had what a two year break between uh, seasons. But, but that was doing... also not released on network TV. That was only released on CBS All Access. Well, Paramount Plus now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. But the fact is that we're moving away from the 22, 23 episode arcs. We're moving away from the Monster of the Week uh, episodes. And we're moving more towards uh, serious storytelling. We're moving more towards, uh, instead of just pumping out season after season, we're pumping out, or they're pushing out meaningful stories that build on each other. That don't have to constantly one up the season beforehand, that instead evolve the season beforehand, and that's something that we've seen a lot with uh, with some other with some um, other broadcasts from uh, across the pond. We've seen with Doctor Who, where they well, where they do have the monster of the week. They don't necessarily have to have. This, the seasons year after year, yeah. they put them out when they're ready to put them out. Yeah, and that's what's in their favor. Absolutely. It's made for a better product. And to wrap, rope that back around to Stranger Things, Netflix has been really pushing this model with their, uh, with their television series that they put out there. And the ones that they do well they're not necessarily putting them out every year. They have a set story that they're they plan on doing and they do that story they did it with um they did it with lost in space they ended it season three it's done with uh stranger things they waited until they were done with this with this season until they had that good story ready so i am excited i am not worried at all i think that they are going to knock it out of the park and that is without knowing a darn thing about the season <laughs> you can quote me on that Moving on, uh, the Umbrella Academy season three is expected to come out in twenty twenty two. Yeah, really excited about that. Yes. I think COVID wrecked havoc on that schedule as well. Yeah. I, that that's the only that's the only answer I will accept for it taking so long. I, I can't I can't <laughs> believe that. Right? You know, but I, I'm going to have to go back and rewatch at least season two. Um, to just totally refresh before it comes out. But I'm, I'm, I think Jack and I are both pretty excited about this one. I am. I want to know where it goes. All right. Moving on from there. Interesting. <laughs> uh, Willow! T oh, TV series <laughs> is coming out. <laughs> and uh, I got to be honest with you. This might be what I'm most excited for. 
it over Obi Wan, even it over Obi Wan. What he's most excited Whoa. for, it really is. Now, now check us out. Check us out. I uh, the reason why the Willow TV series is probably my most excited thing coming out in 2022 is not not because you know I'm not excited for anything Star Wars. I am. It's but 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 I'm expecting more Star Wars. Never in my wildest dreams that I ex- did I expect another you know sequel to Willow, and now we're getting it. So I, I will be I will be excited out of my mind crazy for everything Star Wars, but but Willow I just was not expecting it, and so I'm just like I'm gonna blow up when that first trailer comes out. Oh, be sure to check out our YouTube page and and watch our uh, trailer reaction because I will be freaking out amanda do you want to do you want to tell them what happened when i got my uh, willow poster framed it was pretty funny oh my goodness i was in the middle of <laughs> doing school with my kids we homeschool and austin comes in and says drop every like he's demanding everyone drop what they're doing everyone has to stay completely like drop everything so austin can show his poster no no, no, no. there's more to it come on <laughs> So, I called I, elementary school too. I called up all of my family and got them on FaceTime. My brothers, my mom and dad, and I gave them to Amanda. And then I sh- and then I, sh- I I turned on the Willow theme song, and I, uh, I I put Willow on the on the big screen. And then I stood there triumphantly, going duh, 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 you know, with my, my my Willow fame poster. But here's the funny part. My brother, my brother Nathan, tell him what happened with Nathan. So Austin's brother was super angry that Austin's like calling like this is a big deal. Yeah, everybody. Huge deal. And he's like, I'm dealing with a friend that broke their hand and can't get to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) So I interrupted that to show him my framed Willow poster. I was angry in his behalf. That is such a nerdy thing. And um, it is. Um, yeah, I, I, apparently, I you know, listen. I really don't. I, I don't understand what this fixation with Willow is, dude. It is not that good of a movie, man. Yeah, it's great. The brownies. All I have Willow to say is, is awesome. the brownies. Bad Morgan. Yeah, I I would not be into D anD D or or Lord of the Rings or any of that high fantasy stuff if it wasn't for Willow. Willow, Willow was got a me gateway drug. I mean, yes. Movie. All right, moving on, moving on. Uh, the Witcher Blood Origin is also coming out in twenty twenty two, and then we're going to move into stuff that is not confirmed but is expected to come out in twenty twenty two, starting with The Mandalorian season three. Any uh, any predictions there? Let's see, Grogu's gone. Mando takes over Mandalore. Yeah, dark saber. <laughs> yeah. <Rawr. laughs> exactly. Yeah, like, I think that. I think that's what the upcoming season's going to be about. Yeah. I, I don't really see where else they can take that. This this might be the most difficult season uh, the Mandalorian has. It's. It's got to transition away from Grogu since, since the first the season. Yeah, and, but but I gotta be honest with you. I think I think Grogu will, Grogu will be in there. Baby Yoda will be in there. I think we'll see. Honestly, I kind of hope they don't make a season three. I feel like the oh. story's been told. No, they they Ooh. left it. They left it. No, it, it they had to resolve the whole dark saber thing. No, yeah. I understand the dark saber thing. 
I get that, and I get that the story can continue. I feel like the Mandalorian story has been told. Um, I think he's going I to become ruler of Mandalore. That's, that's where they're going. I, I want to see. No, that. no. I want to see no. that. Uh-uh. Give me, give me like two seconds. I think they need to name, rename the show Mandalore, Ooh. and refocus the show on the Mandalorian going to Mandalore. I can respect that. Uh, I can respect that. I think they need to let uh, Katie Sackhoff's Bo-Katan become the ruler of Mandalore. She yeah. has she has way more clout going into this than Pedro Pascal's Din Djarin, who apparently didn't even know like his his was like a Mandalorian cult. Uh, Katie Sackhoff's Bo-Katan has been through multiple series of Star Wars, not just one episode. She she uh, she deserves it. No. no. Yes, yes, no. she does. No. Incorrect, not all the, of you. That is that, not the way. That is not no, the way. That is the way. <laughs> that is not the way. That is the way. He won it fair in battle. That is the way. That doesn't mean that he should rule Mandalore. Yeah, it, that is the way. Uh, <laughs> look, that is the but, way. That, but that doesn't mean he deserves Paul it. Paul has spoken. No, uh, I've spoken. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it means is that he deserves it. This I mean, that's really the definition <laughs> of what how you, you wait, deserve wait. it. Wait, wait, against Austin? So, okay. Hold on. No, no. Against Austin. There's going to be some music here. Can you edit some Star Wars theme music in here? Oh, I'm okay, just gonna point out. I'm just gonna point out that if this was voting in um in superhero SmackDown, the four okay. of us win. Anyways, you have lost. Anyways, but that's I think that's that's where they're going in season three. Is Katie Sackhoff's Bo-Katan is going to be uh, an enemy to uh, Pedro Pascal's Dinosaur? I'm just Dindijarn. gonna point out that Bo-Katan had her chance. She failed. So I she think that might in the second chance. No, she's she's coming she for might... she's coming for Din Djarin like she was coming for Moff Gideon. That's where she might... tried giving it to her. It doesn't matter. He, she's coming for him, and she's going to well, win it in combat. She, she has to go off and rule somewhere. That would be awesome. I hope she gets it because I have the same opinion of her as I have of Henry Cavill. <laughs> 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 Look, dude, Kenny Zakoff's awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, she's, she's like she is like um, awesome. You know, some some people it works for like Ming Na Wen. No matter what show she's in, she's <laughs> Ming Na Wen, right? Jim you Carrey. Right. No matter what he's in, he's Jim Carrey. Like Tom Cruise playing Tom Cruise and Tom Cruise. Katie Sackhoff is always Katie Sackhoff. Some people it works for, and some it does. That's true. <laughs> All right. Last but not least. Uh, not confirmed, but expected to come out in 2022 is another Resident Evil TV series coming to Netflix. I have not watched any of the Resident Evil ones, but some of the games were fun. Um, any 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 other things we missed that we need to cover in 2022 or you want to go back on? Because we, 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 we did a pretty extensive uh, walk. There's a lot that. of real well, estate we I, covered. I, think, yeah. I don't know. I'm just... I think I talked about this a while ago, but his Dark Materials on HBO Max. I'm waiting for season three, and I'm hoping it comes out this year. I just need that mm. amber spyglass. <laughs> How about this? What's your What's your top three things that you're looking forward to the most 
in in 2022? I would I would say I would say uh, Willow, Obi Wan, and Lord of the Rings. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. I'm gonna go Obi Wan, um, Umbrella Academy three, and probably. Oh man, I don't know. This is gonna seem weird, but Halo. Okay. I really want. I really want to see Halo. I want to see what they do with it. Yeah. Bob, Jacka, Amanda, top three that you're looking forward to. I'd say that I'm looking forward to uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Mm. I'm looking forward to Morbius because I, uh, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, it's another MCU movie. And I am looking forward to uh, Lord of the Rings until they decide that they want to destroy my uh, hopes and dreams, and then <laughs> I will find something else to my sorrows in. Yep. Right. Um, I am looking forward to Willow, Stranger Things, and the Mandalorian, the Mandalorian season three. Okay, Jacob, close us out. I am looking forward to Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. I'm looking forward to Willow as well, and then Stranger Things. All right. Well, there you go, folks. Thanks so much for joining us on another adventure of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Pocket Cast, even find us on YouTube or wherever else you find us. Leave us that review. Next week, we're going to be talking a superhero smackdown. That's right. We're going to begin into a next superhero smackdown. But if you have any comments about what's coming up in 2022, make sure to leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. You might just be on the upcoming show. You can also email us your thoughts to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Search Supernerd Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a share. But from all of us at Supernerd Podcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Catch you later. Farewell.